turn to Exodus 36, please. What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris um, Tress. Will, if you could throw up those pictures of T-Hop, please. Exodus 36 is where we're going to jump off. So uh, last two weeks, we've had special guests that have spoken, and so I'm going to finish up the four-part series, not today, but next week, about T-Hop. Uh, the first three are kind of why T-Hop, why T-Hop, and I'm going to give it a little review, and then next week is how, how, how. It's one thing to know why and, and, and what, but then how, and how's where you come in. So if you don't want to do anything, don't come here next week, Okay. Just kidding. Please come. So we purchased as a church a 5,000 square foot funeral home. It's going to have three um, things that happen on the top. There's going to be living quarters for our staff, for our 516ers, for missionaries. Um, Then uh, down in the one room, it's going to be the Lewis Family Mentoring Center, where it'll be a training center for for kids to come from the community, but also 516 training while kids are in school. And then uh, third, and 516, by the way, if you're new here, that's our discipleship program, 10-month discipleship program that our church has. Uh, Come see me if you want more information. Actually, go to our website. It has all the information. Uh, and then the third thing is T-Hop, which is Tamron House of Prayer, T-Hop, Tamron House of Prayer. And the goal of this is to bring churches together in order to worship Jesus. It's not going to have our church's name on it, but it's just the collective church of Jesus Christ. And next week, we're going to be talking about Count Zinzendorf, who led the Moravian movement, and they started 24-7 prayer back in the 1700s. And so we're going to go on in detail, really, because it, it ties in with the, with the how. And I had no idea about this until I started to look back. And listen, God has been doing what he's been doing in his church for hundreds and hundreds of years, 2,000 years. So... With that being said, that, that, that's kind of the purpose of T-Hop, to bring churches together to worship Jesus. It's very simple. And so, what was it? Four weeks ago, we talked about bringing heaven to earth. Why T-Hop? Point number one was bring heaven to earth. Jesus told us to pray, may your kingdom come where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. And that Sunday, and by the way, these are all online, so part one, we went through the book of Revelation, the whole book, and every time we went into heaven, what did we see going on? Worship, adoration, people falling down, praise, right? And so when you see the revelation of what's happening in heaven, and Jesus tells us to pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The same thing that's happening in heaven, we want to see it happen here on earth. So one of the reasons why T-Hop is because it's a precursor to what's going on in heaven. We get to join in with what's going on in heaven and bring that down to earth where every tribe, from every tribe, from every nation, from every tongue, where there's no denominations in heaven, there's no segregation in heaven, but we are from and we're one new people before the Lamb and all of the division is stripped away. 
We're going to bring that. We're going to bring that. We're going to bring that. That's what God is stirring. It's what he's doing. The second week, I talked about, and this is why you're in Exodus 36, is that God is stirring. God is stirring. He's beginning to stir. And we see the fruits of that, the first fruits of that. God is stirring builders, and we talked about that three weeks ago. And we spoke about Bezalel being anointed by God. The, the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Bezalel and the other builders, and God anointed them to build the tabernacle the way that he wanted it built, the way that he wanted it built. And, and God did that. Then God began to, and this is why I have you in Exodus 36. I want you to look at verse 36, verse 36, verse 6. God began to stir things financially as well in the church, in the people of Israel, in the people of God. He began to stir financial gifts. And so uh, this word, which was written down in one of our consecration shifts by Damaris, our intercessory prayer team leader, um, was also a verse that I had already in my notes for this sermon. And so I felt like the Holy Spirit gave confirmation through this, right? So a few weeks ago, that's why I said, hey guys, this is fresh manna. This God has confirmed what he's doing. He is be also beginning to stir not only people, but financial gifts. So Exodus 36, 6, it says, let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the material that they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Someday, someday, I'm going to be up here and say, hey, guys, you know what? I don't want you to give to bow down for, for, for a month because we got just way too much money, right? Wouldn't that be refreshing on a Sunday morning, by the way? Like, hey, we, 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 we got enough. You know, my, my buddy Tim runs uh, Young Life, Palm Beach County. Hey, just go, go see him. Give it all to him, right? Not this week, though. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you need to support this guy. He's doing amazing ministry. Tim, raise your hand. Right? Some of you, young, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obey God. If it's the Lord, not me. Don't obey me. Obey God. Understand, and, and Will, if you could throw that new rock up there, by the way. We've, we're, we're, not, we're not in a capital campaign here for T-Hop right now, right? So Carol, where's, where are you, Carol? I know you're in here. There you are. She's like, what's your budget, Chris? And I'm like, ha ah. <laughs> You don't have a budget. Is that frustrating for you, by the way? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. She's our project manager. Remember we prayed for her last week. Keep her in prayer. She has to work with me. No budget. But 
we're ha- we have more than enough right now. And, we're, and I'm not asking anybody from Bow Down to give, by the way. L- l- listen to what just happened this past week. Cheryl calls me, who's our, kind of our church boss, boss mama, okay? She, run, she keeps things going. And she's like, we got to write a check to a, to, a, to a contractor for 26 grand. I'm like, I don't want to write a check for grand. I don't want to do that, right? But we need to pay our bills as Christians. Can I get a witness? So she, sent, she sends the check out, 26 grand. I get a text on the 19th from somebody who doesn't even go to our church that knows what we're doing and heard about what we were doing, and it's a check for 25 grand. So 26 goes out, 25 grand comes in. And so I just made another rock to our rock jar of what God is doing as he's stirring because I didn't ask, it just came. So who is doing this? Is Bowdown doing this? No, God is doing it. God is doing it. And as it goes out, it keeps coming in. And again, you know, we're not asking you for nothing. We'll take it, though. We'll take it. I'm not saying don't. So God is stirring finances. And then here's, here's really where I want to stay here for the next 20 or so minutes. It's point number three. God is stirring priests. God is stirring builders. God is stirring financial gifts. God is stirring priests. And if you're saying, well, that ain't me, then hey, If you're a Christian, you're a priest. Don't say that ain't me. Because if you're saying that ain't me, that might mean you're not saved. You're not born again. Every Christian is a priest of God. Say I'm a priest. For Halloween, everybody get on the little little collar thing and walk around. Holy water. We don't do tricks and we don't do treats. I was thinking about getting a big skeleton, putting it in my yard with a sign. 10 out of 10 people die. This is going to be you. Come see me before it happens. But I'm just not creative enough to put that stuff together. You do have a skeleton. No. All right, help. All right, 20 minutes. 20, 20 minutes. God is stirring priests. God is stirring priests. That's, a, that's the main point, okay? So Exodus 19. This is the intention of God. God has always wanted his people to be priests. And the the problem with New Testament Christianity is there's a separation from the professionals and the people. 
And this shouldn't be like that. Yeah, do we need elders? Yeah, do we need leaders? Yes, we do. But understand, if you're born again, you are a priest of God, whether you like it or not. Like, it is what Jesus paid for. Like, when you take that communion, that's why you don't need a priest to give you that. You can do it yourself because you are a priest. You're a priest in your home. You're a priest at work. You're a priest everywhere you go. And right now, you need to be praying, God, help me to believe what you have declared over my life. Exodus 19.3. Exodus 19, verse 3. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself. I would like you to highlight, I brought you to myself. And right by brought you to myself, I want you to just write down as a reference Revelation 21.3 next to that. Revelation 21.3. And we're going to get that up on the screen right now because I really, really, really want you to see this. This is the heart of Jesus. This is the heart that moved that lady to go talk to Al's mom in the bar. Because God wants to dwell with us. He wants to dwell with us because he loves us. And in the end, this represents heaven, by the way, where Satan is thrown into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, where the torment goes up forever and ever. And those who continue to reject Christ go. Hell But understand, this is the intention of God. This is why he allowed his son to be murdered by people, even though he did nothing wrong, because this is the intention. And so it says, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So three times in this verse, It's dwell, it's dwell, it's with. There's this union, there's this love, there's this oneness. We're called the bride and he is the husband. We are so loved by him. We are so passionately loved by him. In the end, it's all about dwelling with him. And priests, priests, we recognize and we understand that God loves me because he loves me because he loves me. He just wants to be with me. And we rest in that. I don't need your approval. I don't need you to like me. I don't need you to love me. I don't need you to respect me. I don't need you to honor me because I'm dwelling with Emmanuel. And he, more important, is dwelling with me. When I lose consciousness of him, he never loses consciousness of me. What a great salvation. What a great salvation. 
He is with you never to leave you or forsake you, not because he wants you to do things for him, but because he just wants to be with you. He just wants to be with you. He just wants to be with me. I'm his favorite. Say, I'm his favorite. Yeah. We're all his favorites. He's not like us that has favorite kids sometimes. Or pets, okay? No, I want to go to kids, pets. We're all his favorite. And so back to Exodus 19.3, or excuse me, 4, I brought you to myself. I brought you to myself. I brought you to myself because I want to dwell with you. Verse 5, now therefore you, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, here's the reality. Obey my voice and keep my covenant. The history of Israel is this. They could never obey his voice and they could never keep his covenant. They are covenant breakers just like you and me. Just like you and me. We can't obey. So Jesus himself became the covenant. He became the covenant. And you shall be my what? Treasured possession. I want you to highlight that, please. And if you're taking note... Here's what it should say, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, help me to believe that I'm your treasured possession. Help me to believe I'm your treasured possession. I want you to turn to your neighbor, hey, you are God's treasured possession. Yeah, yeah. That feel good? Did that feel good? Yeah. And, and listen, to look at one another like that, you're my treasured possession, you know? Uh, how do I do ministry properly? I show up and I see the people, man, you guys are God's treasured possession. He loves you so passionately. His heart is just, you know, song of songs, turn away your eyes from me. You ravish my heart with one look at your eyes. You overwhelm me, my beloved. You are his treasured possession. Will, if you could put up Ezekiel 36, 26, please. So I had you highlight two things from verse five. The first one is obey my voice and keep my covenant. Again, they couldn't do that and neither can we. But this is the promise of the new covenant. This is where the new covenant's listed in the Old Testament because Jesus, the, the, the Father saw with compassion on the people of, of, of Israel that they, they're never gonna get it. They need, they need, they need me. And so here's what it says. This is the new covenant. I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new heart. Do you really believe you have a new heart today? A new spirit I'll put within you. Oh, wow. It's a new covenant. And see, with the new heart, with the new spirit, all of a sudden, man, I've got, I want to hear his voice. I want to obey. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I'll give you a new heart of flesh. 
And I will put my spirit within you, Holy Spirit, capital S, S, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So this is the new covenant. Now God says, listen, they'll, they'll be just like Israel, never obeying my laws, never wanting to hear my voice. So what I'll do is I'll put my Holy Spirit in them and I will cause them to obey. You and I can obey, but with the Holy Spirit's help, there's now a causing. And we just join with the Spirit. And this is why his commands aren't burdensome, but they're easy and light because he is doing all of this with you. You are now one with him. You have union with God now in the new covenant. And so rest in the new covenant. Rest in the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you. And I had you highlight treasured possession. Guys, we need to be aware in our world. The enemy does a great job, by the way, of getting us to fight about things that really aren't the things. To focus on things that we really shouldn't be focused on. So one of the things that I've just been sitting with the Lord on is a humanistic kind of philosophy that has crept into the church, which is about this issue of unconscious racial bias. So... Let me just say this, I understand what it is, (laughs) but if you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, and you are asking the Holy Spirit, that's the spirit of truth, do I have any unconscious racial bias in me? Do you think he's going to tell you? He's going to lead you and guide you into all what? It's what he does. If there's sin, scripture says he convicts the world of what? Sin. And so if there's any sin in my life, if I ask him, he's going to tell me because he doesn't want me as his treasured possession walking around with number two in my diapers. He wants me to get rid of that load. Sorry. He wants me clean. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to, you ever seen a little kid just walking around, they got stuff back there, and, and they just like, it is what it is, and you like, oh, hey, somebody needs a change. The Holy Spirit is not going to allow you, as his treasured possession, to walk around like that. And that worldly philosophy has crept into our church. And all of a sudden, you walk, you're walking with issues that aren't even your issues. Let me tell you something. Racism is an ungodly belief. Pornography is an ungodly belief and addiction. Which one's harder to deal with? Pornography. I've been free from that for 20 years by the grace of God. Racism? You can be free from that today. Look, you just have to believe what Scripture says, that we're all created in the image and likeness of God. And when you believe that, it's gone. 
It goes. And you don't need to go on 26 classes and understand all of this stuff. No, you need to believe the word of God over everything. And strongholds are broken. And so the reality is here with this verse, right? You are his treasured possession. Here's Christian where you need to focus, not on these conversations about stuff that, that, that really are nonsensical, if that's a word. The reality is that I am his treasured possession. You, red, yellow, black, or white, you are his treasured possession. What does that mean? That means I don't care what they think. I don't care about their bias. I don't care about their racism because my God has a conscious bias towards me as his treasured possession. And the reality is we don't believe that. That's why we worry about stuff that doesn't matter. I don't know about you, but I follow the God who said this. I prepared a table before you in what? Come on, bring me some enemies so I can sit down and eat. And I don't care if they try to take my table, they can't. They can't take my table because my God has prepared a table in the presence of my enemies. Those who hate me, not unconscious, but consciously hate me. And that's why I'm fat. Because I'm his treasure. The problem is we don't believe that. Amen? We don't believe that. That's why we need approval of men. That's why we care what other people think. That's why we need all those likes. That's why, that's why, that's why, that's why. Now, I'm his treasure possession. I want you to turn to, well, let me, let, me, let me just finish. Six, you shall be to me a kingdom priest and a holy nation. So I want you to highlight that because really that's the point. I just went off on a rabbit trail, sorry. But it's an issue in the church where we're missing, we're missing, we're missing what we need to be focused on. And we're starting to have debates about what the world's talking about. When your identity in Christ is sealed by the blood of Jesus and you are his treasure possession, and that matters more than anything, you have to receive it. But here, verse six, and you shall be to me a kingdom priest and a holy nation. You need to highlight that. You need to underline that. God says, speak this to the people of Israel. Now, I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter two, please. 1 Peter chapter two. Because again, we're talking about the fact that you are a priest and not just a priest, but a royal priest. You are a holy priest because of the blood of Christ. Not only that, but you are God's treasured possession. He really, really, really loves you. He is so for you. It doesn't matter who or what is against you. First Peter 2.5. 1 Peter 2.5. Here's what it says. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. So highlight that again. Listen. 
Here we are in Exodus, Exodus 19. Now we're in the New Testament after Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again, and now the church is functioning and actually being persecuted, and Peter's writing to the church, and he's saying, you are what? A holy nation. You are a royal priesthood. Wow! God is trying to do the same thing in the old as in the new. Now in the new, we have the power to do it. We've been declared holy and righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are a holy priesthood. And what do priests do? They offer spiritual sacrifices, verse 5, acceptable to God through, through Christ. Go down to verse 9, please. 1 Peter 2, 9. And here we go. Oh, when, when, are, when are we going to have good race relations? 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen what? It, 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 the, the, the issue with race relations is people don't believe what God says in the church. We're all one race now because of the blood of Christ. There's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no slave free. We're all one in Christ. We belong to one another in Christ. And the reality is we don't believe that We don't believe verse 9. There's one race. Those who are in Christ are one. So the issue is not the race issue. The issue is the people of God don't believe what the word says. It is written. Bless you. I want you to highlight a royal priesthood, a holy nation. There it is again. Is God being redundant? No, he knows we're thick and we really don't believe it, so we gotta keep saying things. Said it in Exodus, he's saying in 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9. A people for his own possession. You might wanna put treasured possession because, again, Exodus 19 said that. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want you to turn to Revelation 1, 5, please. Revelation 1, 5. Revelation 1.5. This is, this is really, really extremely important because you have to understand what the lamb paid for, what the cross did. Verse 5. From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. So some of you beat yourself up because you don't feel like you're a good witness. Quit focusing on yourself and focus on the reality that Christ is the faithful witness inside of you. Be focused on him and not you, and you'll become a faithful witness. He said, I will make you fishers of what? You can't go be a fisher of man. He's got to make you. So your posture is, God, make me. I want to abide in you. I am a faithful witness because you are inside of me. Whether that lines up with your life or not, the first step is to believe. The work is to believe what is written. He is the faithful witness, so therefore, church, everybody in here, you're going to be a faithful witness as you walk in him. It's just going to happen by default because he's stronger than you last time I checked. And when you are saying, God, have your way, when he starts to, guess what? Faithful witness. Anyway, 
Same thing goes, the reason why I elaborate on that, because it's the same thing with the priest. A lot of us don't believe we're a priest, and I'm here to tell you, Merry Christmas, it's come early, you are a priest of God if you're in Christ. Verse 6. Well, let's finish five. To him who loves us, oh, he wants to dwell with us. He's freed us from our sins by his blood. Glory in the cross. The brand new believer, the brand new believer is freed from their sins the moment of salvation. The unfortunate thing is the brand new believer doesn't believe that. So they stay trapped in lies and the enemy's a deceiver. Also, the brand new believer, day one, is a priest. Oh, Chris, this is, what if people start, hey, listen, I'm just reading the Bible. He made us a kingdom and a, what? Priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever. So you are a royal priest. Understand your identity will determine the destiny that you walk in. When you go to work tomorrow, you're going to work not as an employee, but as a priest first. If you need to get one of those fake priest shirts with the little collar t-shirt, and you just keep wearing it every day until you believe it, please do so. If it'll help you. You are a priest in your home. Mom, dad, you're a priest in your home. You're a priest on your job. You're priests wherever you go. Because of you and your studies? Nope. Because of the cross and the blood and the fact that Holy Spirit is in you. That's it. We believe in the priesthood of believers here at the church. And what do priests do? In the Old Testament, they took care of sacrifices for sin. But guess what? Jesus was our sacrifice, so he put an end to sacrifice. Praise God. Keep fire burning on the altar. Priests were to do that. But you know what I asked God to do? God, God, please fan the flame. God, come and fan the flame that you've started inside of me because Jesus, ultimately, you're my priest. Priest led praise and thanks to God with worship and communion. And so you're supposed to lead people to praise and thanks to God. Priests in the Old Testament, they did healings and cleansings. You right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, if it's what God is doing at the moment, can heal people by just praying for someone. As a priest. The problem is we don't believe that either. Oh, if I could just take you to Pastor Chris. And by the way, I don't, I, don't, I don't have, that's not one of my giftings, by the way. People get worse when I pray for them. I've had a couple healings, though. But you know how gifts, healing signs and wonders? Yeah, that, that. I offend people. That's my gift, okay? So if you want somebody offended, bring them to me. Um, I'm just kidding with you. Not really. Um, thanks for no amens for those who know me. Uh, and then the last thing the priests would do is they would eat, intercede, 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 intercede. They would pray. They would pray. Well, Romans 8, what is, what is Christ doing right now? He's interceding. So I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 7. We are so close 
the plane is, it's circling the runway. But I'm in the middle of the runway, so it can't land. Anyway. Hebrews 7, I want you to look at 21. It says, Hebrews 7, 21, but this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Now, I want you to highlight that because Jesus came after the order of Melchizedek in the Old Testament. Scholars believe Melchizedek was a a Christophany, where Christ showed up in the Old Testament. They believe that was Christ with Abraham, the king of Salem. Salem means peace. And so anyway, also that priest, Melchizedek, received worship. No angel ever receives worship. No man ever receives worship or tithes. And Abraham gave tithes to him. Anyway, I have time to get into all of that. Uh, But verse 22 This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. It's better than the old. The old's not gone, by the way. They're still Abraham's kids. But now there's a new covenant where we Gentiles get to take part. Verse 23. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in an office, but he holds his priesthood, what? Permanently, because he continues forever. So here's the good news. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but who lives in me now? Christ. And who is Christ? He's a what? Priest. For how long? Forever. So I don't know how to do sacrifice. I don't know how to fire. I don't know how to praise, worship. I don't know how to, yeah. Stop looking at yourself. That's not the gospel. Look off onto, fix your eyes onto Jesus who is the author and the halfway finisher. No, finisher, finisher. And he is inside of you, and he is inside of you as a priest. So therefore, as soon as you get out of the way, all of a sudden he can begin his priestly duties with you and through you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the new covenant. And you are going to obey his laws, and you are going to live a life of sacrifice and praise, and you are going to call people out of darkness into his marvelous light, and you are going to witness because you are a priest Not because of you, but because the priest who is in that office forever is in you, never to leave you or forsake you. So somebody says, what did you learn at church today? Man, I'm a treasured possession of God. And I'm also a priest. Come here. Let me lay hands on you. And right when you lay hands, you say, Jesus, what are you saying and what are you doing? If nothing, then nothing. If healing, then healing. He's the one doing it, not you. We join him. He's the priest forever inside of you. 
never to leave you or forsake you. So by default, not only are you a faithful witness, but you're also a royal priest. You're a new race of people on this earth. Amazing. Amazing. Last place and I'm done, I promise. Worship team, come on up. Chris, you said 20 minutes ago, 20 20 minutes, 28 minutes ago. I know, I'm looking at the clock. I'm in the red right now. But it's pouring down rain outside and I'm just serving you. I'm just kidding, I don't know if it's rain. All right, John 6, John 6, John 6, 28. So here's your application, conclusion, here it is. So it's two things. God is stirring and raising up priests. You're a priest. Your treasured possession, those two things. Now, what is the work that you have to do? And the disciples asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, John 6, 28 and 29, what is the work that we must do to be doing the works of God? It's a great question. And listen to Jesus' answer. The work of God is that you believe in him who he sent, period. So wait a minute. Today, today, this week, you're not going to feel like a priest. You're not going to feel like a treasured possession. But you know what this fight is? It's a fight of faith, believing. The work is to believe what Christ has said about me, but also all of who he is, that this royal priest, who's forever and ever and ever in this office, is inside of me, so I'm a priest today wherever I go. T-hop, God is stirring up priests. That's not somebody else. That's you. That's you. And we are going to bring heaven to earth together as we walk unified in humility as the priests of the Most High God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray for just our mustard seed of faith. That you would just let these truths arise. That we would really sense the love of your heart and the intention that you've always had to dwell with us because we are your treasured possession. There's a lot of people that don't believe that, don't feel like that because of what they've done. But I pray they would be reminded of what you did to Al's mom. Who shot her own husband, right? So, so, so I just pray, God, even the Apostle Paul who was killing Christians. God, you do not care. You call us your treasured possession. And also, God, I pray that you would burn in us just the reality that we are a royal priest because you are in your office forever inside of us. And may we live collectively, bringing you praise and glory, loving you, Jesus, loving people as the priests of God set loose in this world. And I pray T-Hop, God, would be a birthing room where we join together as priests, but we also leave as priests out of the room and into the world. Be glorified, Jesus, we pray. May our worship be so sincere and tender 
that it would touch your heart. Holy Spirit, lead us into you as we sing now in Christ's name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.